Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Monday! It's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Leaving Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. It's a beautiful Monday. There's a lot to get into. Pack show, NFL Week Three. We have a lot to discuss. There was a lot of great games that happened on Sunday. We have NBA news. We're going to discuss Game 5 and Game 6 of the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. The Clippers are the gift that keeps on giving. I'm going to discuss in further detail about that. And last but not least, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. What a beautiful NFL Sunday it was. Week 3 is almost in the books. We got Monday Night Football tonight, but Week 3 was something else, man. We had a lot of good games go on, but as usual, you know I want to talk about four or five games. I like to talk about the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. I want to talk about Cowboys, Seahawks, Rams, Bills, Falcons, Bears, and Eagles and Bengals. So let's start with the Eagles and Bengals. This game ends in a tie, 23-all. It goes into overtime, and nobody wins it. This was a pretty decent game by Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow, like I said before. 31-44, 312 yards, two touchdowns. The kid continues to impress. He has moxie. He has poise. Joe Mixon had a struggle, 49 yards on the ground. Tyler Boyd was a monster, 10 catches, 125 yards. T. Higgins got into it, the rookie, two touchdowns. But for the Eagles... This was a complete letdown for the Eagles. I have no idea what's going on with Carson Wentz, but he does not look good. 225 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He had a QBR of 49, passer rating of 62.8. Miles Sanders had a good game, 95 yards on 18 carries. The only one impressive drive that they had came at the end of the game. Carson Wentz drove the team downfield. He got a rushing touchdown to push it to 23-all. And after that, it was pretty much a schmoz. It was just an awful-looking game in overtime. Nobody can get anything going. This is a team with no direction. I have no idea what they're going to do with Carson Wentz. Obviously, they can't really do much. He's their quarterback. They don't have a other competent quarterback on the roster to even push him a little bit. This is his team. This is his organization. But what does that really mean? This is a team in free fall. They don't look good. They are 0-2-1. And Carson Wentz just doesn't look like the guy that they traded all those picks for all those years back. You know, the fact that they had Nick Foles as a backup, they can always say, well, you know, if Carson struggles a little bit, we can always go to Foles. Foles ain't there no more. 
So they have to go through the good, the bad, and the ugly with this quarterback. And man, is it ugly right now. It is real ugly. He has to really look himself in the mirror. He has to look his teammates in the face. And they have to go ahead and band together and kind of make something out of the season because it's getting away from them fast. It's getting away from them quickly. And if they blink, they're going to be looking at a 3-13 and season. That's the way it's looking to me. They are not a good team. They're not impressive on any side of the ball. They're just, ugh, ugh. Every time you look at the Eagles or every time you even think about the Eagles, it's, ugh. You kind of throw up in your mouth a little bit. Just disgusting. For the Bengals, listen, it's not about this year. It's not about winning games. It's about building and building this quarterback. And for what I'm seeing, Joe Burrow is the truth. He is the real deal. He has a little bit of Peyton Manning in him in regards to how comfortable and how mature he looks in the pocket as a rookie. Peyton Manning looked great as a rookie. He threw a lot of interceptions, but the poise that he had, that's what we're looking for. And that's what the Bengals have. So it's really not about this year. They have a lot of nice young pieces. They're going to continue to build. And, you know, sky's the limit for this team. Up next we have is the Bills and the Rams. Bills win this game 35-32. to Bills were up by 25 points in this game, and they let the lead slip. And then they ended up having the game-winning drive at the end. Josh Allen had 311 yards, four touchdowns, a pick. He was phenomenal. This guy continues to have a great season. 10 touchdowns to one interception. He is phenomenal. Devin Singletary, he had 71 yards. Cole Beasley got into the mix, six catches, 100 yards. The defense, they looked amazing. They were all over the field. They were doing what they had to do. They were getting pressure on Jared Goff. And then they went to sleep. They actually went to sleep and allowed the Rams to come back into the game. Jared Goff had a pretty decent game. 23 of 32 for 321 yards. Two touchdowns and interception. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they both got into it. Nine catches, 107 yards for Cooper Cup. He also had a touchdown. Robert Woods had five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown for himself as well. My takeaway from this game is that these are two good teams. Two good teams that are going to be around. Sean McVay has proven himself early in the season that this team is not going to go away. They're not, they're not a pushover. They're going to be there. They're going to be one of those teams that actually vie for that NFC West crown. So listen, kudos to them, man. I, I like the fight that I see in this team. I like the fight that I saw in this team on Sunday. They were down big, and they just didn't give up. Now, on the Bills side, they're still a great team. The defense is spry. The defense is good. They fell asleep. It happens when you have big leads. But this team looks like a total, complete roster. I like Devin Singletary. I think that he's a young, talented running back. I believe that they have to get him the ball more, get him in space, get him in, you know, screen pass situations. They can be able to create a serious offensive dynamic between the quarterback and the running back. They can really cause some havoc. I think that they're going to be the new toast of the AFC East. It's no longer going to be the Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots are still going to be good, but I think the Bills are going to be that dominant team for the next four to five years in this division. Up next, we have the Bears and the Falcons. Bears win this game 30-26 to in another heart-wrenching gut punch to the Atlanta Falcons. They are a dumpster fire. They blew another 26-10 to lead. How? How is this possible? <laughs> How is this team still functioning? I don't understand what's going on here. I really don't. 
Nick Foles came in the game and saved the Bears. He had 188 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. Mitch Trubisky, you know, he played decent, but he can't get out of his own way. He continues to make turnovers. He continues to make mistakes. He's not reading the defense well. They had to make this move. And honestly, we knew exactly this was going to happen. We just didn't know how quickly it was going to happen. But man, Nick Foles came in the game. Nick Foles, a.k.a. Jim McMahon, came in the game, and he saved the Bears. But honestly, are we more impressed with the Bears having the comeback or the fact that the Falcons have the worst team in football, it seems, or the worst defense in football, it seems? Matt Ryan, poor guy, 238 yards, touchdown and interception. Todd Gurley had 80 yards and a touchdown. Calvin really had a good game, five catches, 110 yards. But here, newsflash, or it's not a newsflash. Dan Quinn needs to go. How can you continue to coach this team into oblivion? I don't understand. I really don't get it. Up next we have is the Dallas Cowboys against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks win this game 38-31 in a shootout. Well, it wasn't actually supposed to be a shootout. Seahawks were up big. They ended up letting the Cowboys come back in the game. Cowboys with a lot of turnovers. What else is new? But Russell Wilson, he had a decent game. He wasn't phenomenal. He had 315 yards. Five touchdowns is what stood out. But he was sacked four times. He was hurried a bunch. Chris Carson got hurt during the game, but he finished with 64 yards. DK Metcalf had a big game. Four catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. It should have been two touchdowns, but he had a brain fart and was showboating and ended up having Trayvon Diggs catch up to him, knocking the ball out of the end zone and getting a touchback. So that was definitely a... Terrible decision on his part, but he did finish with a touchdown late in the game. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he had a big game, nine catches, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. For the Cowboys, it was a lot of empty calorie yards for Dak Prescott, 472 yards passing, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Zeke did not have a good game, 14 carries, 34 yards. Michael Gallup was phenomenal, six catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Wilson was good, two touchdowns. Amari Cooper had nine catches, 86 yards, but he wasn't the guy that I wanted to see. I wanted to see more out of him. He actually got substituted in a lot of big plays, so I'm not understanding what's going on there because it's it's two years in a row for that where he kind of subs himself out and he's not in certain packages. I just don't, I, I don't really understand. C.D. Lamb, the rookie, continues to impress. Five catches, 65 yards. But what was the story of this game the story of this game is simple Cowboys are terrible defensively they can't stop anybody you would think that the Cowboys would say all right give Russell Wilson everything you know underneath let's not have him beat us over the top because we know that he has Lockett we know that he has DK we know that he has these weapons that could be able to go for 50 60 yards and a touchdown on one play but what did they do they don't guard over the top they get beat constantly, and people were wide open. I'm not just talking about like three or four yards. Wide open for like nine plus yards. You can't catch anybody. What's going on here? Oh, I know what's going on here. You don't have a secondary. You don't have safeties that actually know what the hell they're doing. Everybody's missing assignments. Everybody doesn't understand what the scheme is. Get Earl Thomas, but is that going to happen? No, it won't happen because Jerry Jones has it in his mind that Earl Thomas is going to destroy this team. Does this look like a good team to you? You need something to shake this team up because obviously Mike McCarthy can't do it. Mike Nolan can't get this team together defensively, and the special teams doesn't look that impressive either. 
we can literally be talking about the Cowboys being 0-3. So that's the issue. That's the story of this game. The other story is that Russell Wilson, 14 touchdowns. He is, he is on a record pace right now. Just like how Pat Mahomes had that season, just like how Peyton Manning had that season, he is on pace to break some records. This is my MVP this year. He has been in the shadows for the last two seasons. Listen, Mahomes had a good year. Lamar had a good year right after. This is going to be Russell Wilson's MVP season because what he's doing right now with a terrible offensive line because they seem to not care to get an offensive line around Russell Wilson. And what this man continues to do is just defy the odds. He doesn't need an offensive line. He doesn't need great receivers. He just continues to ball, continues to be the guy. And it's fun to watch, man. It's really, really fun to watch. So I like the way the Seahawks are going. They're obviously one of the top teams in the NFC. With all the injuries to the, to the 49ers, the Seahawks look like the team to beat in the West. And for the nightcap, we had the Packers and the Saints. Packers win this game 37-30. This was a shootout. It was a great game. Aaron Rodgers had 283 yards, three touchdowns. He looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old. He is turning back the clocks. He looks sharp. He's making every throw. He's getting out of the pocket. He looks motivated. Aaron Jones, 69 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard was all over the place. Six catches, 146 yards, a touchdown. He caught a nice bomb. It, it was an impressive showing for the Packers. They are a good team. They're one of the best teams in the NFC. You know, you have the Seahawks up there. You got the Packers. I can't say enough good things about the Packers. They look phenomenal. They look like they're going to pick up right what they did last year. They were 13-3, and so the sky's the limit for this Packers team. I like them. I like them a lot. For the Saints, the Saints looked better. They looked better. Drew Brees looked better. He had 288 yards, three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 58 yards. Murray had 58 yards. Alvin Kamara also had 13 catches, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. So he has picked up the slack where Michael Thomas pretty much left off at. This was a phenomenal game for Kamara. But Drew Brees looked better, man. Like I said, give him credit. He was looking shaky the first two weeks, but they are still one and two. Are they able to get out of this rut? Can they be able to turn the ship around? Absolutely. When Michael Thomas comes back, they're going to be fine. This team will definitely make the playoffs. I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs, but this is football at the end of the day, so anything can happen. Finally, let's preview the Monday night football game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a great matchup. This is a story of two of the two best youngest quarterbacks in the league. This is two teams that are going to run this league for the next five to six years. Who wins this matchup? I got the Chiefs winning this game 37-34. Patrick Mahomes has a virtuoso. He throws with 370 yards, two touchdowns, probably rushes for another touchdown. This, to me, is so fun to watch. I, I love matchups like this. Every time these two teams play, it's, it's must-see football. Like, you just, you don't even care who wins. You don't care who wins. You don't care who loses. It's just a great matchup, and who the hell cares? All right, coming up after the break, the NBA playoffs. Who won the Eastern Conference? Who won the Western Conference? What is our finals going to be? As well as the Clippers are the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> on a Monday, it's all even. I am 
so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess, you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. Man, I hate being right. I just hate being right. A couple of months ago, I said that my dark horse team would be the Miami Heat. Then once the playoffs started, I saw how things were unfolding. I said, you know what? Miami could beat Milwaukee. Miami beats Milwaukee. Then I said, if Miami goes against those Celtics, I don't know. They can be able to beat the Celtics. And where are we now? Game six between the Heat and the Celtics. Heat win this game 125 to 113. They close out the Celtics. Heat move on to the NBA Finals. This is the first time they've been in the Finals since 2014. What a performance by the Miami Heat in this series. They were tough. They were, they, they were prepared. They came to play. Bam out of Bayou, 32 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Jimmy Butler had 22 points. He didn't shoot that great, but you know he was phenomenal. He had 8 assists. Tyler Hero, he put in his 19 points. But the role player of the night was Andre Iguodala. 5 for 5. 15 points. He went 4 for 4 from the 3-point line. He was the X Factor in this game. And he could possibly be the X Factor in the NBA Finals. This team proved that team first can be able to still apply in the NBA. Team first mentality. You don't need a superstar. You don't need a megastar to actually get to the NBA Finals. What a coaching job by Eric Spolstra. Great job on his part. The organization putting this team together. Pat Riley has done it again. Everybody kind of joked around and said, why is Jimmy Butler going to the Miami Heat? They're not going to go anywhere. And look where we are now. Miami is in the NBA Finals. Wow. For the Celtics, look, you know, Jason Tatum, good game, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. Kemba Walker had 20. Marcus Moore had 20. Jalen Brown had 26. They just didn't have enough, though. For some reason, they just could not figure that zone out. Brad Stevens has a lot of soul searching to do. This is a team that's been knocking on the door for quite some time now, and they didn't get it done. But who also has a lot to blame is Danny Ainge. I said it last week. Danny Ainge needs to put a better team together. The role players on this roster, they're not impressive. They're just not. Brad Wanamaker, Robert Williams, even Gordon Haywood. Gordon Haywood is the most overpaid role player in the league. He's making 30 plus million dollars to do what? What did he give you? 12 points on 5 of 12 shooting? They have big concerns in regards to how they're going to fill out this team and be a contender or continue to be a contender next season. It's all on Danny Ainge. He has to show and prove now. 
He can't say, oh, well, you know, we got all these draft picks and we're figured out. We got all these. No, no, no. Now it's time to be able to cash in and see what you can do. You need to change this roster up. You have to surround these young players with some good veterans so they can be able to crack through and get to the NBA Finals. There is nothing else for the Celtics team to do. It's finals or bust. That's the way I see it. They are built for the finals. They are built to continue to contend for Eastern Conference crowns. You cannot fall backwards. You cannot rest on your laurels just because you've quote-unquote drafted well. Now it's time to put those GM skills to work because I'm not a believer in Danny Ainge. All right, turning our attention to Game 5 in the Western Conference Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Lakers win this game 117-107. to They close out Denver, and it was an impressive showing by the Denver Nuggets. They showed heart. They showed fire. They showed grit. But they just ran out of gas, and they ran into a buzzsaw. LeBron James, 38 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. He was the man. That night, he was the man. He closed it out. He made sure that there was not going to be a game six. He scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. LeBron James was simply dynamic. He put on a virtuoso, according to Shannon Sharp. Anthony Davis also had a great game, 27 points, five rebounds, three assists. He's still not hitting the rebounds great, but listen, he was hitting his shots. Second half, he was on fire. We also had a Danny Green sighting in that game. He hit some big shots in that fourth quarter. He had 11 points. Caruso and Rondo did their thing. You know they always do. And for the Nuggets, listen, you had Jokic. He had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Jeremiah Grant had 20 points and 9 rebounds. He was phenomenal in that third quarter. He made it a game. Michael Porter Jr. had 10 points. But Jamal Murray, he fought and he scrapped and he tried to compete. But he was dealing with some injuries. He had 19 points. Finished with eight assists. Kudos to them, man. Like I said, I like Denver. I think they're going to be a decent team going forward. They have a bright future. It just wasn't their time. It's the Lakers' time. This is a team that's built to win a championship. They're a veteran team. They're an older team. They know exactly what they have to do. Dwight Howard also was a phenomenal, phenomenal addition to that starting lineup. He had nine points, nine rebounds, and he frustrated Jokic the entire series. He was an irritant. He tried to get on Jokic's nerves. He tried to bully around the Denver Nuggets. Dwight Howard has accepted his role, and kudos to him. He has come a long, long way. I remember the first go-round with this Laker team, you know, he was Superman. So he didn't want to bend to anybody. He didn't want to be anybody's sidekick. He wanted to be the guy, and he was not emotionally ready for that he was coming off a back injury back surgery this was still Kobe Bryant's team and you know it just didn't fit and he realized that being in LA he was a little bit over his head so he decided to leave and life has humbled Dwight Howard and I like to see I like to hear redemption stories and this is definitely a redemption story for Dwight Howard so the Lakers they mean business you know, there was there was not much celebrating this Western Conference championship because guess what? There is work to do. As Kobe Bryant said, business ain't done yet. It ain't done yet. You have work to do. You have four more wins to get. But let's look at this team in totality for the year. Last year, the Lakers were in turmoil. Everybody was talking about how dysfunctional they were. Rob Palenka is a liar. He's a backstabber. He betrayed Magic Johnson. And... Now we're having the Lakers in the NBA Finals. 
Rob Palenka is the executive of the year. There's no other executive that has done what Rob Palenka has done. They even said that, oh, well, I don't know how he's going to put this roster together after Kawhi Leonard let them wait the entire duration of the offseason. Well, they did. He made sure that he got some players that fit. He put a veteran team together. You can't say enough good things about Rob Palenka and how the Los Angeles Lakers have approached this season. Frank Vogel looks like he was the right man for the job for this particular Lakers team. So it's a it's a redemption story for the entire organization. Ten years. This is the last time that they've been in the NBA Finals. They had a struggle for seven years. They weren't going anywhere. They were a lottery team. They didn't have much talent. It was... It was really, really a sad state of affairs for the Lakers. They had internal issues in regards to sibling rivalries. The last few years of Kobe Bryant's playing career just wasn't good. It wasn't great. You know, it was sad. But now they're back. They have a chance to be able to get ring number 17, banner number 17. It's an impressive turnaround. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, what a phenomenal story it's been for the Lakers. Phenomenal. So now that we know who's going to be representing each conference, what do we have? Wednesday is game one of the NBA Finals on ABC at 9 p.m. What are we going to see in this series? There's a lot of storylines to play out in this series. For one, you got LeBron James versus Pat Riley. When LeBron James was on the Miami Heat, it didn't end well. He left, he went back to Cleveland. Him and Pat Riley did not see eye to eye at the end. And to be honest, I don't think that there's any love loss. I don't think that you're going to hear any great things to say on either side between these, these two men. They are two guys that have big egos. Honestly, something's got to give. I can't wait to see it. The other storyline is Pat Riley against the Lakers. Pat Riley helped build Showtime. He was the one that had the Lakers being a dominant team in the 80s. They went to nine finals. I'm sure he's proud of the organization, but at the same time, it's competition. So he's not going to be one of those guys that say, hey, you know, I I love this team and I'm happy that they got. No, he's going to want to beat the Lakers and show them he doesn't need the glitz and the glamour of L.A. to build a powerhouse in the NBA. That's what he's out to show. The other storyline will be lunch pail team against the superstars. This is a Miami Heat team that has a lot of throwaway players. They have a lot of players that went undrafted. They have a lot of players that other teams didn't want, that thought they were done. And now you have the Lakers who have these two top six players in the league. You have the lunch pail team against the glitz and glamour. Can this Miami Heat team that is a gritty, tough, they don't give up, can they be able to take these punches from the Lakers and continue to get up, continue to be tough, punch back, fight back? I want to see what type of fight and moxie they have. They showed it all season, but this is a different test. They have not experienced a test like this all playoff. The Bucs were a soft team. You punched them, they didn't get up. The Celtics were a good challenge, but there is nothing, and I mean nothing, compared to having to deal with LeBron James in a seven-game series in the NBA Finals. That is not an experience that a lot of people want to deal with. That is not something good. And I hope that Jimmy Butler is ready for the challenge. I hope that Andre Iguodala is up for the challenge as well. 
because he's a couple years older. He's not the finals MVP that he was in 2016 when they ended up beating the, the, the Cavs in the finals. This is not the same guy, but he will help. But there's also another dynamic to this series. You have two defensive-minded coaches. Who is going to make the adjustments? Who is going to be the one to blink first? My thing with the Miami Heat is that they play zone. I don't know how they're going to be able to play zone against LeBron James. LeBron James is going to dissect this zone apart. When they played in the regular season, the Lakers won both matchups. And the Lakers literally got any shot that they wanted in those two games. So I want to see what type of adjustments Spolstra makes because that zone ain't going to work against them. It really isn't. <laughs> so he's he going to have to come up with something else, man. Because the fact that he got away with playing zone for this long in the playoffs, this is the NBA. There's no way a zone should be working at any level in the NBA. And it damn sure ain't going to work in this series. Bank on it. So I guess everybody's going to wait for my bold prediction. I ain't going to wait. I'm not going to wait until I see the game on Wednesday. Here's my prediction for this, this series. And it may be a spoiler. Lakers in five. That's it. There is no way I'm going to bank against or bet against LeBron James in the NBA Finals with the type of mentality that he showed all season. He's called this the revenge season. Man, oh man, does it look like it. Whew. I do not want to be the Miami Heat. Coming up after the break, the gift that keeps on giving, the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> on a Monday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Every time I think I'm done with this team, every time I think I'm done with the Clippers, they just suck me back. <laughs> Breaking news. The Los Angeles Clippers have gotten rid of Doc Rivers. He was fired today. And am I shocked? No, I'm, I'm not shocked. You know why? Because it's the Clippers. When they lost to the Nuggets in the second round, they immediately went out and said, oh, you know, Doc Rivers is coming back. Doc Rivers is coming back. We heard reports saying Doc Rivers' job was safe. They waited long enough to do this. Why? Because it's the Clippers. They have no idea what to do. And here's my problem with this. Doc Rivers is the only coach in NBA history to blow three 3-1 leads. Two with this franchise. And the other one was with the Orlando Magic. He has a history of underachieving with his teams. Now, if we're going to date back to the Clippers team like last year, they didn't have a star. It was a gritty, scoring by committee type of team. That's the type of team that Doc Rivers can be able to maneuver, manipulate. There's not a lot of expectations. But once the expectations start to get elevated, Doc Rivers always comes back down. He never lives up to expectation. Other than 2008 with the Boston Celtics, he never has lived up to expectation. 
He can be able to get you to the playoffs, but when it comes to getting past that first round or the second round, you can forget it. You can forget it because it's like he feels the pressure and then he makes these bad decisions in the playoffs and then they lose. Now, if that was your only negative thing as a coach, it's a big mark on your record, but you'll still be able to get a job anywhere because look at Mike D'Antoni. He continues to be a retrade bum-ass coach and he continues to get job offers. He does the same thing. He doesn't make adjustments. He chokes in the playoffs, but everybody wants him. I'm not going to get into Mike D'Antoni. I'm sick of him. This is about Doc Rivers. But the problem with Doc Rivers is that he tends to cater to his star players. And maybe, just maybe, he did not do what he needed to do with this team to keep them on the up and up. This was a team full of egos, and Doc Rivers did not do a good job keeping the egos in check and being a team, being team first. Maybe you had some issues in regards to the guys that were on the team last year, looking at guys like Waldo George, Flight Risk George, and saying that that dude is not a star. But yet he's getting preferential treatment like he's a star. He's just like one of us. And honestly, I think I'm better than Paul George. So why the hell should he be treated like Kawhi Leonard? He's not Kawhi. He may be Kawhi's friend, but he has no business being in the same argument as a player. Period. You had Mr. Lobe Management come into this organization and hold it ransom. And what did the head coach do? He just abided by it. He just went along with it. Instead of saying, look here, Kwai, you're going to play or we're going to have a major problem in regards to chemistry on this team. You are the so-called leader. Act like it. You better play every damn game that you can because those young guys, those gritty lunch pail guys are looking to you for guidance. And if they're looking at you and saying, yo, why is this guy not playing? We're on back-to-backs and he's not playing. How are we supposed to be able to trust him when things get rough? And that's exactly what happened. When things got rough for the Clippers in the playoffs, they had nobody to trust. They couldn't trust the players. They couldn't trust their star players. They couldn't trust Waldo George. I mean, well, anybody. Nobody can trust Waldo George. And they couldn't trust Doc Rivers. If you can't trust your head coach to do the right thing, you have major major problems in your organization you have major problems on your team the head coach is supposed to be somebody that everybody respects and could be able to galvanize with and come together doc rivers did not do that with this team and that's why he does not have a job right now so where will the clippers turn to who will be the guy to replace doc rivers honestly they gotta go Ty Lu. you can't bring in some outside guy to try to change the culture with this team Ty Lue has experience. He's won an NBA championship. He knows how to get to star players. He knows how to hold star players accountable. He held LeBron James accountable. He held Kyrie Irving accountable. So this is a guy that if you're going to keep these two guys together in regards to Waldo George and Mr. Load Management, if you're going to keep that core together, you have to have a guy like Ty Lue that can be able to check them, that can be able to say, listen, You have to listen to me. I'm the head coach, and you guys have to be here, take responsibility, take accountability for your actions, and lead this team. Lead your teammates to where they need to be and stop acting like divas. That's the problem. That's the problem in this basement organization is that they have no leader. There's no pilot operating the ship. 
No one. Steve Ballmer's too busy trying to outstage Genie Bus. He's trying to get an arena. This is the problem with this team. They're just always trying to like, they have this little brother syndrome. Nobody cares about the Clippers. It's not even a little brother syndrome. Nobody cares about the Clippers. So because no one cares, just operate like a normal team, a normal organization. Do the right thing. Put the guys in charge that need to be in charge. How is Lawrence Frank still employed with this team? You want to fire Doc Rivers, but you're not going to fire the architect that put this shit team together? Okay, makes a lot of sense. But you know, <laughs> you know what I just thought of in my head? It just, it just dawned on me. The Clippers never had a plan for after this season. <laughs> they thought that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were going to lead them to a championship, and they were just going to figure it out after that. Because listen, once you get the championship, nobody really cares about what you do after that. You can be able to blow the team up, rebuild, start over, whatever it is, but you got the championship. You stole the headlines from the Lakers. You stole it from Jeannie Buss. You're, you're, you're on top of the NBA mountain. Doesn't matter if you don't have any draft picks for the next couple of years. Doesn't matter if your team has a whole bunch of free agents and the team is going to look completely different next year. They were all in for a championship and, and they failed miserably. <laughs> Back to the basement. There are also rumors, I'm hearing rumblings, that they may end up trading Waldo George. I, I really feel bad for him. No, I don't. No, I don't. They also may trade Patrick Beverly. I don't know what you're going to be able to get for Beverly. Maybe a gym bag and a pack of smokes. <laughs> Who's taking that terrible contract? Give me a break. They're stuck with this team. They're stuck with this team for at least another year. And I'm going to be right here criticizing them at every turn. Why? Because the Clippers are a disaster. Why? Because the Clippers live in the basement. Why? Because the Clippers are an unlikable franchise. They always been. And honestly, this may just be a great thing for Doc Rivers. I don't think Doc Rivers should look at this like, man, you know, I don't have my Clippers job anymore. You're going to get a lot of offers, bud. So don't worry about that. And what I'm hearing is that I think Philadelphia, the Pelicans, those teams are looking for a head coach. I think Philly would be a phenomenal landing spot for Doc Rivers. I think that he would be able to take that job and learn from his mistakes because you got a big-ass baby over there in Philly that needs some schooling, that needs a hard-ass coach to be able to get to them and say, listen, this is how we're going to do things. You're not going to hold this franchise hostage anymore. I've learned from my mistakes, my past mistakes from those failed Clippers teams. I'm not going to do it here. So that will be a good fit for him, I think. Also, I think Houston... I think Houston may be a definite good fit for Doc Rivers. They need to change that dynamic of that team anyway. They have to go back to like a traditional lineup rather than having a 6'5 center and no bigs on your roster. They need to make sure that they go back to standard basketball. So it's going to be interesting to see where Doc Rivers lands or maybe he takes the year off and kind of, you know, reboot or recharge the battery, learn from his mistakes and come back strong with another organization and try to get some of that stink from the Clippers off of them. You know, that that's the way to go, I think. Kind of spinning the NBA rumor mill right here is that I'm hearing Victor Oladipo may want to move on from the Indiana Pacers. 
That is big. But I, I, I'm curious to see what happens with this because what organization will take a risk on Victor Oladipo because he's not healthy. He didn't show that he was very healthy last year. I'm sure one year removed from the injury, he's going to be better. But he has one year left on his deal until he's a free agent. Is any team willing to give up that much for a guy that has one year left on his deal that isn't a superstar? He isn't a bona fide superstar. He's not a franchise-changing guy. So what would be the asking price for Victor Oladipo? What would a team be willing to give up for Victor Oladipo? I'm very curious to see what happens. I think this NBA offseason is going to bring a ton of surprises, a lot of things that we don't even realize or expect to happen. It's it's the best offseason in sports. You know, you see football, baseball has the winter meetings that are pretty interesting as well. But nothing compares to the NBA offseason. And there's going to be a lot, a lot of movement. I think that Westbrook is going to get out of Houston. For some reason, call me crazy, I, th- I think Westbrook gets traded. I think CP3 ends up with the Knicks. There's going to be a lot of things that happen. But I, I can't wait. I just I can't wait to see it. After the break... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Monday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. So the fact that it's Monday, our first candidate. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is DK Metcalf for the Seattle Seahawks. DK Metcalf is my candidate for Dummy. because yeah. this guy is a physical specimen. If you see him, he looks like a linebacker. He looks like a tight end. He doesn't look like a wide receiver. So he ends up catching this beautiful pass by Russell Wilson yesterday, and he starts to showboat, and then all of a sudden, the cornerback on the Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs, comes behind him, knocks the ball out of his hands, passes the end zone, and it's a touchback. <laughs> The look on his face, the look on Russell Wilson's face, they wanted to kill this kid. And who knows, man, maybe this is a story of his life. Maybe he's one of those guys that, you know, he talks to a girl and then he thinks that he's actually farther than where he is. And then she says, hey, listen, man, we we just friends. <laughs> he gets all hyped. He tells his friends, like, yo, I just bagged this shorty and it's, it's, it's going good. You know, we about to take it to the next level. And then when he sees her... She's down the street with her next dude. (laughs) 
Oh, man, this is Mr. Blow Your Load Too Early. And my boy Bishop was saying, oh, he's not showboating. That's not showboating. He just eased up. Yeah, he showboated. He put the ball in his one hand and was kind of daintily running with the ball, and he got the ball hit out of his hand. That's called showboating. Showboating. But I can tell you this, he will never do that again. <laughs> what a dumbass. As, as talented as he is, he ain't too bright. He ain't too bright. DK Metcalf is probably one of those guys where he watches a movie and then he tells you how the movie ends. <laughs> he just he just looks like one of those dudes that just that just ruin shit. <laughs> oh man. So DK Metcalf, you may be the loser in the locker room for the Seahawks, but you're a potential winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Friday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.